Hey, what's up, guys? Happy Monday. I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, wow. So what's going on in the boxing world, huh? Um, some interesting things being talked about. Officially, after weeks of speculation and rumors, um, I got a, a few minutes here to talk about it. Want to give some quick thoughts. Uh, so the the big news dropped today uh, that Canelo Alvarez has left PBC. Uh, after a very, very brief partnership with them, right? And as I talked about in my show uh, last week, the uh, PBC is not a promoter. They were, they were not promoting Canelo Alvarez. They were kind of in a partnership and they agreed to do a three-fight deal where he would fight on their platform, right? So last September, the first of the three-fight deal, uh, that took place on Showtime pay-per-view and then, of course, Showtime uh, announced it was leaving boxing after nearly 40 years in the sport because it had been run into the ground by the degenerate running it. And uh, because he put other things ahead of taking care of the customers. But we've talked about that before. So they were left without a home. Subsequently, it was announced they moved to uh, Amazon Prime Video. And that is apparently where the next two Canelo Alvarez fights were supposed to take place. But there are several mitigating factors that got in the way, mainly financial, but also in a lot of different ways, uh, PBC just did not play this whole thing out very, very well. Uh, they put themselves in a bad situation where Canelo Alvarez was basically in the driver's seat and he could flex his muscle and walk away. And that's the position Canelo Alvarez is in. Uh, so to be clear, PBC wanted to do a fight with... Um, with Canelo and Benavidez, likely, right? Because that would be the biggest fight. But Canelo wanted to go a different direction. And look, the first fight was against Jermel Charlo, not Jermal Charlo, right? Uh, and Canelo said, I want, I want the brother. I want Jamal Charlo. And then uh, PBC bounced back apparently and said, well, how about, how about Jaime Munguia, who's not even a PBC guy? So it got really, really bad, really, really quick. And in the end, uh, PBC could not, match Canelo's purse demands and his guarantee. And they couldn't raise the funds. They couldn't get it together enough. And if you believe David Benavidez and his side, they offered Canelo $642 trillion. You know, these reports are all bullshit. None of that is true. None of it. It's all cap. Okay. Um, so in the end, it came down to money. And the money wasn't there. And so th there's two things to talk about here. Um, and by the way, before I go any further, I want to give credit to the person who broke this story. Let me share my screen. Let me share my screen. Here we go. Uh, Michael Benson today tweeted, Canelo Alvarez has now report has now mutually agreed to split from Al Heyman's PBC. And then he says, according to Mike Coppinger, right? Um, Obviously, I'm being facetious when I give him credit for breaking this. He also mentions, and this is something that um, we've been talking about for months, uh, Terrence Crawford is now reportedly a free agent. It's claimed uh, he did a one-fight deal with Al Heyman. Yeah, we, we've been telling you guys this forever. Um, Crawford was never a PBC guy, and neither was Canelo. Uh, that was all flex for them to try and negotiate after the, the collapse of Showtime. But I'm being facetious when I give Michael Benson credit. All Michael Benson does is, is quote Mike Coppinger in, in post stuff, right? Or other people, but mostly Mike Coppinger. 
But I'm not giving Mike Coppinger credit for breaking this either. Neither of them broke this. Do you know who did break this? Rick Glazier, who's not even a part of the media. Rick is a guy that um, has been like a consultant and a broker and worked in, in different functions in the boxing business now for, I want to say, se several decades. I don't remember the exact number of years, but several decades. And uh, to be clear, there are certain ways Rick goes about his communication that is for me, a bit too much, right? We've had Rick on the show and he's literally said he hates Al Heyman. To me, that's a little too far. I don't hate anybody. Um, and, and some of he's a little rough around the edges and takes things a little too far for my taste. But despite any of those flaws and, and the flaws and biases he may have, um, he has been spot on with several announcements he's made on his Twitter feed, his X feed in recent years. And he's been vindicated after being vilified time and time again. Now, again, that's not to say Rick doesn't come with a certain amount of biases and things like that. The thing is he owns it and you can love him or hate him, but he's been right time and time again. And so, okay. There's two sides to this that I want to talk about briefly, okay? Uh, by the way, I do have phones open. If one you if you guys want to call in and talk about this, we can maybe take a couple of quick calls. Uh, so we can talk about Canelo avoiding David Benavidez, which he clearly is, and I'll talk about that. But there's two sides to this whole situation that I want to address. One is how this makes PBC look and how we got here. And then the other side of it is the state of the American boxing press, okay? I could talk about the boxing press in other parts of the world, which obviously every jurisdiction has its flaws with its press, but I want to specifically focus on the American boxing press because I'm involved in it, okay? Uh, I don't want to talk about the global press. We're going to talk about the American boxing press. I'm about to make a statement that some of you may deem controversial, but what I would like all of you to do, particularly those of you who hate me and watch my show and look for things you can download to post on your ex and make me look all bad and crazy, especially you guys out there, my detractors, I want you to find one example of how what I'm about to say is incorrect. If you can correct me and provide one example, I'll own it. Here it is, guys. Rick Glazier has done more legitimate investigative journalism in this sport in the last several years than any member of the American Fight Press. Let me repeat that. Rick Glazier has done more legitimate, hard-hitting, groundbreaking, fans-serving investigative journalism than Mike Coppinger. Jake Donovan, any other name you can think of. That's the reality of where we're at. That is the state of the American boxing press. And again, I'm a small part of it. I want to ask you guys something. Other than fight announcements, what do these guys do? And I'm not talking about any specific name. I know I called out a couple of specific names a minute ago, but I'm just talking generalities here, okay? not specifically calling anybody out, just in general, what do these guys do? 
other than make fight announcements based upon leaked information they get from their agents, which the promoters use as a flex to get a little bit of PR before their big announcement. It is uh, always unsourced per sources, rumors, this fight's coming up between these two guys. It's going to take place at this venue on this network, blah, 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 right? And some particulars. And then a week or so later, the actual promoter, the actual fighters network, the people involved in the fight officially announce it. So other than these guys breaking fight news, that's just a rumor at that point, always completely unsourced, anonymous sources, right? Other than them doing that, which I understand that's useful information, but literally days later, you get it broke officially by the people involved. So you're just getting a few days advance. And, and, and let me ask you this. Let me back up real quick. How many of you have booked your flights to Vegas in your hotel room based on one of those unsourced sources fight announcement tweets? How many of you? My hunch is zero. My hunch is that 100% of you waiting until the announcement is made officially by the promoter of the network, et cetera, before you book your travel plans. Now, if I'm wrong, go ahead and correct me. The reason why I mentioned that is because I ask, why is the American boxing press so useless? They provide nothing, nothing. If you're a casual fan, fine. The fluff, the puff, okay. But if you're a diehard boxing fan, which you are if you're listening to this show, what do these guys do that serves you, the public, that is ultimately paying for their salary and everybody's salary in this business, myself included? What do they do? The answer is nothing. They're public relations people. That's it. What boxing journalist has done any type of investigative journalism in performance-enhancing drugs testing? Um, how, how about breaking down a fight situation? Why this fight's happening versus that fight? Uh, how about a, a ratings situation? We've seen fighters, like in recent years, I remember Keith Thurman was out of the ring forever. He was coming off a loss, and they bumped into the number one in the ratings suddenly. Nobody brought that up. How many of these guys have done any, any digging, scratching, pawing to try to get to the truth of any of these situations and the corruption that is rife in this sport? Not to make a difference and make things better because you're not going to. It is what it is. But just to serve the fans and give them the real deal, what's really going on. Talk about the WBC, the WBA colluding with certain promotions and the networks being crooked. Everybody, talk about this stuff. I can't think of one story I've read from any of these guys in recent years where I was like, wow, this is a real editorial piece where they're really giving their opinions. They're letting us know how they really feel about this situation. And they're giving us some inside info and some insight as somebody who's connected to it all. Wow, this has really informed me. I feel like I'm more informed after reading this. No, it's the same crap that the promoter is going to tweet out and stream themselves. It's just PR fluff. 
I take pride in the fact that at least I did a little bit of investigative journalism into performance enhancing drugs testing in this sport uh, that I've, I've pushed back uh, against the establishment. You guys remember what happened with Canelo Golovkin and that whole thing. Um, I'll give myself a little pat in the back, but you've noticed that I've pulled back on all that because I'm at a point where it's like, why, why hey, I got two kids to take care of. So <clears throat> my whole thing is that's, to me, more than anything else, that's what this situation has revealed. That Rick Glazier, a guy who works in a sport and makes his living, makes his nut working in boxing, but is at not at all a member of the press, has actually done more digging in investigative journalism than any writer. That's crazy. And it, it just shows you the state of the media and where we are at. And you guys need to think about who you're following on social media. And is it worth it for you to follow certain people? If you're paying for certain publications, certain news publications or something like that, because several of these publications out there are charging you, right? In one way or another, um, is that worth your money? Are you truly being served? Are you giving value for what you're paying for? Super chat from CJ Duncan. What's up, brother? He says, David Benavidez going to 175 was the smoke signal. Yes, sir. Just one of several. Just one of several. But yeah, look, look Benavidez is going to fight out the, the remainder of his career at 175, people. He's never going back down to 168. Not happening. <clears throat> CJ with another super chat. Thanks again. He says, sources report Montero cooking this morning. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I had to talk about this, dude, because now let's talk about the spin. Okay. Uh, Mike Hobbinger's uh, post, by the way, said that, um, and I, I do like that Benson quoted the, these two words, uh, Canelo and PBC mutually agreed to part ways. Guys, that would be like me you know, renting an apartment or I have a mortgage, I, you know, my house, I have a mortgage, me being foreclosed and evicted from my house. Cause I didn't pay my mortgage and then telling everybody, Hey, me and my, me and me and my bank agreed to part ways with the house. We, we mutually agreed to just go our separate ways. The bank's going to take the house back and I'm going to go live in my car. That's essentially <laughs> what, <laughs> what Carpenter's tweet said. Okay, think about that. <clears throat> I want to talk about the, the other side of this. Uh, boxing fans being really, really mad at Canelo Alvarez for quote unquote ducking David Benavides right now. And anybody, I've heard from a few of these guys today. Um, Actually, in recent weeks, I've heard from a bunch of you guys uh, out there that are calling me a Canelo dick rider because I'm talking about why this situation is here and Canelo flexing and doing what he wants to do and him being in a position where he can do that and he won't be held accountable for it. And I've talked about this and it's interpreted by certain people out there who I guess have a low IQ as me riding Canelo's dick and somehow justifying this whole situation that Canelo is with without any fault. Um, that's just simply not true. Listen, I've been saying for years that Canelo Alvarez has taken the path of 
low risk, high reward. When you signed with Matro and agreed to do this, this, I think him and I've talked about this on my show for years. When you talk to Eddie Hearn, they had a business plan and it's like, Hey man, we got all the belts up here. You could just collect all the belts and you know, there might be one outside of the promotion. We can grab that at the end. It'll be so lucrative for them at that time. They can't walk away. And you can uh, be this undisputed super middleweight champion. No fighter from Mexico has ever done such a thing. Um, you know, first of the four belt era, I think, in that division. So, um, you know, you can make history, right? It was a business move. What I find interesting, though, is that there are certain members, again, of the American boxing press, who said that Canelo was avoiding Charlo and Andre, right? What happened when Canelo finally fought a Charlo? How'd that go? Has the other Charlo looked like he would do any better? How did Andre do when he stepped up to and fought an elite guy at 168? How'd that go? The notion that fighting Smith and Saunders and Plant was somehow inferior to fighting the Charlos and Andre is nothing short of fucking racism. Just going to call it out. Some of you cocksuckers are just racist. I don't give a fuck. Be mad at me. I don't care. There is really no difference in the levels between any of those fighters I just mentioned. Other than demographics and how it makes you all feel inside. The guys who had the belts were represented by Batchroom. And Canelo grabbed the belts. Now, that's relevant to this discussion, the belts. Because guess who used to have one of those belts? None other than David Benavidez. And he lost it not once, but twice outside of the ring. Now, yes, that was years ago. Absolutely, years ago. But... It's relevant to this situation. I truly believe, and I've talked about this on my show. Again, I'm not revealing anything new here. I've been consistent. You cocksuckers are the ones who are inconsistent, not me. If David Benavidez had held on to his WBC super middleweight belt, I don't think Canelo would have went for undisputed at 168. I don't think he's ever really wanted a piece of David Benavidez. He sees something in there that they don't like. But maybe, maybe, maybe. He would have back then because Benavidez wasn't as seasoned as he is now. He has improved in recent fights. So perhaps Benavidez could have got his Canelo fight back then, okay? Um, could have went either way, depending on how you look at it. Uh, several of you guys have mentioned, I saw a post on Twitter today, and I'm sorry, I'm not, I forget the name. I'm not going to give you credit. But um, they mentioned the, the Dimitri Bevel fight. And I've seen actually a few of you guys mention that, that Canelo has kind of been different since that fight. Okay. Maybe before that Bevel fight, if Benavides had had a belt at 68, maybe Canelo would have fought him. Either way, we're in a position now where Canelo can't be forced to fight Benavides. And PBC didn't have the funds to pay him for Charlo. Now imagine if PBC had enough cash and enough flex and enough muscle in this situation to say, listen, you got to fight Benavidez, Canelo, but we'll do that on the third fight. 
you could have another Charlo soft touch here. We'll give you this guarantee, but we're going to write into the contract that you got to fight Benavidez next. We'll up the guarantee, blah, 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 blah. They couldn't get that done. That's on them. They put themselves here. They blew over half a billion dollars. Benavidez is not a star. He's not a name. I, I don't know why this is like controversial for some of you to hear, but a fight between Canelo and Benavidez, is that any bigger than a fight between Canelo and Jaime Munguia? Is it? Is it any bigger than a fight between Canelo and Terrence Crawford? Is it? Look at Benavidez pay-per-view numbers. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. So, also, y'all don't want to be mad at the WBC? They could have made David Benavidez the WBC mandatory. And that would have forced Canelo to fight him or he has to vacate. But they didn't do that. Why? They did that when Canelo's challenger was Gennady Golovkin. And what happened? Golovkin, or I'm sorry, Canelo vacated the belt because he didn't want to fight Golovkin. He kind of has a history of this. You see where I'm going? And the WBC was out of the Canelo Alvarez business for years. The Mexican-based WBC was out of business with the biggest, most popular Mexican fighter in quite some time. In some ways, maybe the most popular ever, maybe since Chavez. I'm talking about commercially. Um, yeah, they didn't want to go back to that. So they, being spineless, made a business decision to not make Benavidez the mandatory at 168, forcing Canelo to fight him if he's got wants to stay undisputed or he gets stripped. Think, think about how many guys the WBC, the WBA in particular, those two organizations have stripped in recent years. And then look at how they bend their rulings when it benefits their wallet. This is an example for the BC. Again, they could have made Benavidez the mandatory, could have forced Canelo's hand right there. And then Canelo would have to vacate that belt in his undisputed championship. That could be seen as nothing more than a complete duck, but they gave him an out. Benavidez is now going to fight for the interim light heavyweight belt. Why, why would they make such a ruling? What possibly have they heard? Maybe they heard some of the same things Rick was talking to us about. Maybe they talked to some of the same people. They're in the PBC business. So the WBC found a way to stay in the PBC business and stay in the Canelo business. And it gave Canelo an out to walk away. Y'all want to be mad at Canelo? Canelo's just doing what Canelo's been doing for years. And what Floyd Mayweather did before him for years and plenty of other fighters, what Gervonta Davis has been doing his entire pro career. At least uh, Canelo fought some elite guys. He waited them out. He did different things. You know, he pulled some tactics with weights and all this stuff. But at least he fought some top guys. A lot of you all that are mad at Canelo and calling him a ducker right now are just completely cool with what Gervonta Davis is doing. And 
you don't put any blame on the WBC, on David Benavidez, and on the uh, PBC itself for, for bringing us here, for allowing Canelo to do what he's doing? They've made it easy. They gave him every excuse in the book to walk away. I'm trying to think of, it, uh, of an analogy for that. Um, I don't know. I, I think some of you guys, you know, um, you treat your woman like shit. You're not, you're not there for her. Um, you let yourself go. You're not in good shape anymore. And then she leaves you. She cheats on you with the FedEx guy and leaves you. And you're mad at her. Did she do wrong? Yeah. But to a certain extent, you kind of gave her a reason to. I don't know. It's not the perfect analogy. But um, yeah, dude, I just, that's kind of where we're at with all this. Um, let's see here. I like this comment from James Burrell. CDS, Canelo Derangement Syndrome. Yeah, dude, like, like I'm, I'm being called this a Canelo dick rider today. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving Canelo an easy out and he's ducking Benavides. I'm not giving him an easy out. You idiots. The WBC did PBC did David Benavides did. That's who gave Showtime did Steven Espinosa did last year when Canelo was a Showtime fighter for one fight. Why didn't Espinosa push for a Canelo Benavidez fight then and say Benavidez is the opponent or you're not fighting on Showtime? Where was the quality control for Mr. Espinosa? But y'all want to put 100% of this on Canelo. I'm not denying that Canelo's avoiding David Benavidez. That's obvious. It was obvious years ago when I said it. <laughs> you guys are acting like this is some brand new thing. Do, do you think Canelo would prefer fighting Benavidez over Billy Joe Saunders? <sighs> Jesus Christ, you guys, some of you are just freaking, uh, this isn't rocket science, guys. It's, it's not. It's not that complicated. Yes, Canelo's avoiding the guy, but he's being allowed to do it. And in fact, he's almost... Be He's being incentivized to do it because of the situation, the, the, the state of boxing right now and how it's being run, particularly in the United States. And a lot of you guys helped bring us here. <laughs> and now you're mad. And like, I'm not mad at any of this. I'm laughing at it because there's going to be another collective freak out from the PBC cult. We're already seeing it. They're saying, oh, Canelo ducked. He was offered $613 trillion. And, you know, um, he was offered the states of California and Texas if he fought Benavidez. And he turned it down. You know, they offered him Elon Musk's entire net worth if he fought Benavidez. And he said, no, the, the, the mental gymnastics from some of you guys. Th this, this is going to be up there with the... Uh, with the Wilder freak out and the Spence freak out and the Fulton freak, it's going to be up there with all those. It's just, I have recalibrated my expectations in this sport and stopped caring about the sanctity of it and trying to fix it. I just tell the truth about what I see and what I hear. I give you guys my editorial opinions on things. I'm not here to do PR work and puff pieces. 
Um, I, get, I, I enjoy telling my truth as a diehard fight fan and as a guy who's participated in this sport in many different levels, um, a lifer, right? So I enjoy giving my opinions and all that. And um, yeah, I'm going to keep doing that. But am I going to dig in and try to, you know, fix this stuff and make it better? No. Why? Why? You can't. Just enjoy it for the freak show it is, but call out the freak show and call out all aspects of it. That's it. Just be consistent. Uh, Trollmaster Mike said, you think Floyd did not want to pay Canelo his guarantee because Amazon is not injecting money into PBC? Uh, well, Floyd doesn't have anything to do with it. But um, it, it, look, it's a combination of several different things. It, it, you know, I don't want to oversimplify it. It, it is... It's convoluted, okay? But just in the end, PBC did not have the financial capital and muscle to get the situation that they wanted with Canelo. And they were not able to manipulate the WBC, into, which they've done a thousand times. The PBC has literally just paid money to the BC to change ratings and manipulate things. They're not the only group that does that, but they've done it multiple times. But the, B, the WBC said, hey, we love you guys, but this is Canelo. I mean, come on, we, no, we, we're not going to force him to fight anybody. You know, they, they couldn't, there just wasn't enough there for all of them to force this guy's hand, and he's going to walk away from it. Um, so there you go. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, Phil Miles says, I like that Canelo left, if nothing else. It's kind of like publicly shaming PBC. Seems like Canelo isn't interested in pleasing anyone but his bank advisors. Yeah, he's at the point in his career. And again, I'm not saying I love this. I'm just telling you guys the way it is. He's at the point in his career where he's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And he can because he runs the sport right now. Canelo runs the WBC. He runs the Nevada State Athletic Commission, right? Just like Floyd did before him. And no one from the media is pushing back and telling you the truth about all of this. The only guy that's offering any investigative journalism at this point, again, is Rick Glazier. That's where we're at. I'm just calling this shit out the way I see it. CJ Duncan with another super chat. Thank you so much, CJ. Regardless of how brilliant a businessman anyone is, loaning money isn't cheap as it was when PBC launched. In 15, and they smoked off a billion bucks. That's a great point, brother, because the dollar has lost how much value in the last three years? I want to say it's lost like 20%. So, you know, 80 cents just a few years ago was worth a dollar today, okay? Go back to 2015, and the dollar was different, but also the structure of the networks and the, you know, the way things were broadcast and the way the deals worked out, it was easier for a group like PBC, who, again, not a promoter, they're a management advisor platform, and they have certain flexibility with that. It was easier for them to um, manipulate things in their favor financially and to raise capital before. It's a different world now, dude. And again, for years I've been saying this, guys like Eddie Hearn, and the zone, he has built an infrastructure, a global infrastructure over there 
where he is, he has designed a thriving model that is going to uh, be good for him for years to come. And you guys know, I've been plenty critical of Eddie, plenty critical of the zone. I don't subscribe to them anymore. They lost my subscription a while ago, but I'm talking globally that footprint, you know, he went into the streaming and, and you know, even top rank, their deal with ESPN is really, really smart because they own the rights to their fights. They can negotiate all the foreign TV stuff and they get that money. They're not sharing any of that with ESPN. Uh, and then they have the streaming side of it that comes along with it. So that's a smart deal for them and their little cookie cutter operation and what they do. Um, I think they know where they're at, their niche in this niche sport in America. And they have a deal that makes sense, at least right now. But PBC's the way they did business for so long, it worked with the way network television was run. I should say network cable, uh, premium cable in the, in the 2000s and even much of the 2010s. But by the end of the 2010s and definitely into the 2020s and definitely post-COVID, it's a different world, brother. And they have not made the adjustments. Midwest Boxing says, you and Jules got the best show. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. I know Jules will be all over this, too. I can't wait to see what videos he drops. Uh, let me think here. Axel says, Michael Crawford is also done with the PBC. They are finished. Yeah, I mean, he he always was. So so they had a you know a, a guaranteed rematch with, with Spence, right? And Spence wanted to enact it, but there's a deadline with that. And then there's you know escrow and different things that are included in that, not just the announcement deadline, but other financial factors. And so none of that was met. So Crawford can walk away. So that mandated rematch is no more. And and I don't want to see it. I'm I'm glad I'm, I'm I would rather see Spence fight somebody else and not further damage his health. I didn't I don't want to see that for him and his family. So um it's good for Crawford. But as I mentioned to you guys on the show recently, I can't remember if it was the last one or maybe a couple before. Um both Crawford and Canelo, and I said this before the announcement, they were they are in positions where they could talk to each other on the phone say, listen, man, what do we need Heyman and PBC for? Let's do this shit solo. How about me and you fight? We'll negotiate this shit ourselves. I got a promotional company. We can use someone else to help us promote, whatever. But man, let's just, let's just whack this up with ourselves. We don't have to give these guys 10, 15%, whatever it is. They're in that position. So it would not surprise me at all at the end of this year to see Canelo and Crawford fight and to see them in some sort of managerial partnership for that fight, honestly. Um, just think about it, guys. I mean, it makes too much sense. Suave J says, Canelo is a fraud. Well, was Floyd Mayweather a fraud?
Yo, yo, yo. Can you guys hear me? Fuck. I don't know what happened. Shit. <laughs> you guys cannot hear? Okay, now you can't. Okay. <laughs> All right. I apologize for those of you listening on um, audio later on because uh, you're you're going to have this dead silence for a minute. Uh, sorry. Okay. I don't know what the hell happened right there, but I dropped and came back on and we're good. Okay. Um, cool, cool, cool. So where was I? Where was I? Uh, Suave J says, yeah, Flawed was also a fraud too. I can't stand him. Okay, fair enough. See, that's that's my whole thing, Jay. Be consistent. Now, am I going to go as far to say as far to say as Floyd Mayweather, who I voted for to go first ballot, I voted for him to go in the Hall of Fame. I'm one of the guys that put Floyd Mayweather in the Hall of Fame. OK, um, I'm not going to go as far as to say Floyd Mayweather, Canelo Alvarez are frauds, but they got to a, a, a point where they were the establishment of the sport. And because there's zero pushback, dude. I mean, zero pushback. They're kind of allowed to run the organizations. They're, they can run the Nevada Commission. They can run the BC or whatever group it is. And nobody pushes back. Now, if the Coppingers, the Donovans, if those guys really pushed back and started applying hard public pressure on, let's say, the NSAC or um, the WBC in this case, maybe we'd see some things change. Okay. Uh, at least fans would be more informed of the situation, but um, the, 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 the current state of boxing brother allows this. Now it's not going to allow it for everybody. Right. A lot of guys think they're going to be the next Floyd Mayweather. No, to Floyd's credit, he put in years of hard work. Okay. Floyd was a gym rat and took his craft very seriously. Okay. Regardless of all his flaws and some of the shady things he did behind the scenes and all that same thing with Canelo Alvarez. Yes. There's some shadiness behind the scenes and there's some things, there's some flaws, but he has taken his craft seriously. And the dude shows up it, much like Floyd. You, you could, you could depend on Floyd fighting every May, every September. And you knew it was a big event. You, you could have those dates on your calendar. You knew he was going to be there. Canelo, the dates may change and all that. But if you look at post-pandemic, the guy who has been the – that run he had at 168, the, the opponents weren't elite. But he fought, I think it was at one point, three or four times within a calendar year. I mean, that, that just isn't done anymore, right? So, so they do deserve some credit, bro. They deserve some credit. But I'm with you. There, there, there's certain ways where – you know, um, these guys pick and choose, you know, who they're going to fight and everything else. Um, <laughs> James Burrell says, just blame Canelo, Mike. Everyone else does. Yeah. I, again, it, it's like um, Canelo isn't the problem. He's a symptom of the problem, right? Um, you can't really fix a problem unless you address it. So, I think a lot of people, and it's it's kind of indicative of society as a whole now. People don't want to call out the problem, right? Or they'll focus on something that's way down the list, like you know, problem number seventy-one. You know, how about we focus on the top one, two, three problems? Um, I work in project management, 
some of the the freelance work I do. Um, and one of the things, the first things you're taught is assess all of the issues in a particular organization or whatever it is. And let's look at the top two or three things. That's going to fix 90% of our problems, right? That's generally speaking how it works in project management. Well, in this situation, Canelo avoiding David Benavidez, that's not even a top 10 issue here. It's just not. Is it true? Yes. Is it even a top 10 problem? No. There are so many other factors that are higher up on the list that have enabled Canelo to do this. And some guys like Gervonta Davis, his entire career has avoided. Guys, Gervonta Davis has never fought a number one fighter, let alone number two, number three, number four, in any division ever. Has he ever fought a top, a legitimate, bona fide top three guy ever? Not once. And he's allowed to do that. And he's called a champion. I posted a tweet last week about Davis. Um, Cause Mike Coppinger mentioned his fight with uh, Frank Martin coming up. And he said, it's for the, you know, for the lightweight, the WBA lightweight championship of the world. And I, Quoted it and said, listen, Javon, he's not the real champ. The real champ was Devin Haney. He vacated his belt. And I was immediately hit with a, just an onslaught from the Colt that said, no, he got elevated. He's the real champ. He got elevated. And I'm just like, okay, technically speaking, he was elevated to full champion. And now he's the full champion. I got you. But if you could pull your head out of your fucking ass for three seconds and just to go with me here, my point is still valid. The title that Davis is defending is bullshit. It's worthless. Seriously, it's worthless. The last legitimate champion at lightweight was Devin Haney. Some people may argue it's Lomachenko because they thought Lomachenko beat him. <clears throat> but it, it's just people are so easily manipulated and they're so tribalistic that they've got to stick to narrative. Even with logic, logic is like, I'm slapping you in the face with my fucking dick. I'm rubbing my dick in logic and then slapping you in the fucking face with it. And you're refusing to fucking see it. Hey, that's on you, brother. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Omar Rodriguez says getting elevated kind of sounds like being an email champion. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Hey, Devin Haney was once an email champion, but he became undisputed. So let's give him credit, right? Uh, and if Tank does that, if Tank ends up becoming undisputed and cleaning out a division, I will give him full credit. Not that this video is about Tank. I'm just saying it is what it is, guys. To act like this is somehow um, just a Canelo Alvarez problem. No, it's not. It's a boxing business problem. And you shouldn't lose, I guess the point to this whole video, you shouldn't lose any sleep over this. It's not going to change because the guys, the, the network guys in, in, in media, okay. The, the hand, there's only a handful of, of them in the, in America that are, you know, have an agent that are making six figures covering this sport. There's only a handful of them. Those guys are not pushing back on the system because they're afraid to lose their access, particularly guys of certain demographics because they have no card to play and they have to be one of the good ones 
to stay on board. They have to go along to get along, right? So it's not going to change. So just see it for what it is. And ultimately, guys, what's going to happen, I've talked about this recently recently in my show too. I think more and more fans are going to be like, we're kind of in the place where I'm at now where it's like, I kind of pick and choose which fights I'm going to watch. I used to watch everything. If two cockroaches were fighting on the floor, I'd watch that shit. Okay. That's how much fights I watched. Okay. I, you know, back in the day I was ordering DVDs from magazines and stuff to watch guys from overseas fight. Cause I couldn't see those foreign fighters here in America. Um, that's, that's how many fights I've watched. Okay. I'm a degenerate. I've watched millions of fights, but I'm getting to a point now where I'm like, yeah, I'll tune in for this one. I'll tune in for that one. Yeah, this one might get me. Okay, I'll subscribe for a month over here. Okay, I'll buy that discount pay-per-view over there. That's what I'm going to do. But there are going to be certain situations where I say, eh, if nothing's going on that day and I'm really bored, I guess I'll stream that. I guess I'll pirate it. I, that's just where I'm at. If that makes me unethical and not a real boxing fan, well, suck my cock. <laughs> that's where I'm at. Okay. That's where I'm at. <clears throat> Phil Miles says, uh, liberate the fighter from PBC. They told they, they hold Americans hostage and sacrifice my Latino brother. Well, well then, well then, well then, well then. Ro Nose says, uh, Canelo fighting Mungia now. LOL. Hey, it's a real possibility. <clears throat> Viva Padres says, uh, hard to convince wifey to watch a fight that has a predictable outcome. There you go. It's, it's hard to convince me to watch a fight right now that has a predictable income. I didn't watch Canelo Charlo because I knew the second that fight was signed, what was going to happen. And, and I thought if Canelo was anywhere near the guy he was when he fought uh, the Golovkin rematch, he stops Charlo late. If he's not that guy, which I didn't think he was anymore, uh, the probability is it goes the distance and it's a 12-0 shutout. Maybe Charlo gets a couple of rounds. I mean, that's just what I thought that fight was going to be. There was no point to watching it. It made no sense. And it was you were, it was billed as champion versus champion. Yeah. A guy two divisions below who hadn't fought anywhere near the level of opposition of, as Canelo. Moving up two divisions, it, it was so unnecessary. It made no sense. And again, there were people involved in that situation. It was their job to enforce quality control they didn't do that so they all played a hand in how we got here but go ahead and be mad at the redhead i know it's the pasty little white dude from mexico that did this i got you i got you he's the problem <clears throat> admiral scissor says pbc was always paying canal with his own money yes yeah, pretty much what it was just kind of like with floyd again they're kind of in the same spot now all right, guys, we've been going for almost an hour. Um, oh, uh, Ro Nose says, uh, Benson reported the Mungia choice 30 minutes ago. Well, ben, correction, Benson didn't report. He quoted somebody else. Let's see. Let's go to Benson's uh, Twitter page here. Uh, oh, okay. So according to Mexican media, so Mexico, Mexican media, Chava ESPN reported it. All right. It wasn't Michael Benson. Um, guys, it, 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 look. To to further this, go back and rewatch TNC. What is it? Three sixty eight. I knew it was going to be Mungia back then. 
I'm just going to put it. I'm really in I don't give a fuck mode today. Go back and rewatch that episode. I was really pissed at myself because I was trying to keep it secret. And I had a Freudian slip. I need to go back and find a clip and I'll, maybe I'll post it on my social, but I go, man, Canelo versus Munguia is going to be a really good fight. <laughs> I literally said it just like that. I said, Canelo versus Munguia, that's going to be a good fight. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, go back and watch. We talked about that shit right here on the show weeks ago, but now it's official. Okay. Well, that's good. All right. Investigative journalism, hard hitting. All right, guys, uh, that is it for this one. Woo! What a Monday. Man, the week is young. Who knows what can happen? We still got several more days to this week. Hope you guys have a good one, and um, we'll talk soon. I'm sure there's going to be more developments. Have fun.